guy ain't shit. Sorry ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. Where the stars in this piece of shit? I am Big Kev. Why do they call you Big Kev? Ooh. I am OG. Oh look, he's got a billion toys. And I am PK. I don't do magic, Morty. I do science. One takes brains, the other takes dark eyeliner. I say we stay here and fight it out. OG's not actually racist against many people. There is no racial bigotry here. Here you are all equally worthless. I'm not really angry all the time. This is Kevin destroying the Toy Beast Legends box set. Fucking garbage! Why? Why? You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are. I know it's fun. You're like, hey, I found buttons. Let's push them to piss me off. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. BigKevsGeekStuff.com You fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want! All I need now is to see Will. I mean, uh, see Nick. You will not see me today because of the clusterfuck that is today's show. Okay, but you have if you have the Instagram on Matt mm-hmm. and you turn the computer to face you, I will see you both. The computer. All right, we're doing that, this. Vanna, Vanna OG Whatever is helping us out there. right now. There you go. Keep going. Keep got a little bit. There you go. There you go, boy. All right. We're good now. Now I can see everybody except hold on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Just one second. If I just switch with this side. This is a lovely beginning of the show right now. <laughs> there. There. Am look I at right that. On the Instagram. You're, 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 you're clear as day on the Instagram. And I'm centered and nice. You look beautiful as always. Now it's literally you're all in the right position. So good. Today was a good day then. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to start this thing we call a show? I, I guess so. Are we recording technically? We are recording. Oh, huzzah. Are we starting over or are we happy? Are we good? I mean, so we also sorted out the issue that I hear you guys only through the iPad, right? Yeah. We, uh, this, this was, this is a gorilla setup at its finest right now. Okay, got it. Getting everybody Cause, together. Because you guys do not sound like you're on mics to me. I'm just letting you know. Okay, so uh, at least we're we're being we're we're going in through the mixer. So um, I think it's just the it. I think it's just the look. I, I'm going to take full responsibility for this one. Well, actually, I'm going to take partial responsibility for this one. Um, we are in Studio M this week, so thank you for joining us in Studio M, folks. Um, my other half, the lovely Mrs. OG, is in uh, San Francisco or just outside of San Francisco right now. Let's go. So she's with uh, she's with Phil and Ryan, Kev. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so today I am wearing uh, I am wearing uh, employee hat, dad hat, podcaster hat, uh, and 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 whatever other hats I'm wearing. I have another hat for you. What is it? 
ham radio dad of today hat. I am, but I'm not going to have any cool stories where I go to set up some sort of antenna on a hill at night while trying to hope that I don't get attacked by aliens. So You have a tinfoil hat, don't I, lie. I mean, don't we all have a no, just no. is that just that's that's just the me thing. That's just the you thing. Yikes! So it's Italians from Staten Island. Thank yeah. you. Hey, listen. I mean, it's true. Wait, it's my house. What are you going to do? True. What are you going to well, do? You can't threaten me this here, time. Here, here you go. It's a tinfoil hat they got out of the dump. Fun fact about Staten Island uh, and, and tinfoil hats. Uh, there's a location there's no on fun Staten facts Island. About Staten Island. Th- there is. There's a location on Staten Island. It's called Toad Hill. Toad Hill has the highest, I believe Mount it's of garbage. It, no, 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 no. Actually, Toad Hill is where Toad Hill is the very, very wealthy, like, like multi-million dollar homes on Toad Hill. You didn't know that part of Staten Island existed. Most people don't. Um, but uh, the, I believe it's the highest above sea level elevation on the East Coast is, is the very top of Toad Hill on Staten Island. So it would be perfect for an antenna and a tinfoil hat. What? That can't be right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's right. In this episode, on the East stuff. Coast? I think so. Or maybe it's... I'm going to check. I'm going to check while maybe, we talk. Maybe it's on Staten Island. I don't think it's on the East Coast. All right. Or, I'm going to check right now. But why don't we move... There's some mountains. Why don't we move into the, into the other into the other bit? Of, All right. We, why don't we start the show? While I, while I look into this... Here you go. Sorry. Hold on. Toad Hill is 401 feet tall. Um, it is a hill formed of serpentine rock in Staten Island, New York. It is the highest natural point in the five boroughs of New York City and the highest elevation on the entire Atlantic coastal plain from Florida to Cape Cod. It just doesn't seem right. I, I know that it doesn't seem right, but I know a thing or two about a thing or two. All right. Doesn't seem right to me. Anyway. You know what else doesn't seem right? <laughs> what? I mean, I can name uh, a lot this, of things. This fucking Sony. Have they lost their fucking mind? Well, before we get into that, them? why don't we say that this is episode 554 oh. of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And we're calling this one. What are we calling this one? Uh, I tentatively put it pretty far from home. I was going to say pretty fucking far from sane. I mean, if we're, what, if we're what being did honest. I say? What did I say in that text? Nick? Do you no, because my phone is uh, being used for Instagram right now. So I do not know. I, I can I I think I can check. Hold on. You said you said pretty far. No, Nick said pretty far from home. Sony bites the hand that feeds it. Oh yeah. So we are going to start off with this news story because it is breaking sort of news, and that it just happened a few hours ago, right? Do we have a breaking news sound? bit that we can play okay wow we are right we're coming to you live breaking news so uh sony and what i am calling the ultimate stupid move um it's really it's unfathomably stupid is cutting ties with disney and kevin feige um in moving forward with making Spider-Man films because Disney came back to renegotiate the deal for the future of the franchise and wanted a bigger piece of the pie. And Sony said, absolutely no way. And some people I've already seen on social media are blaming Disney for this. They're saying that Disney is being greedy. Now I didn't under, I didn't realize that I didn't realize that the, um, 
I didn't realize that this deal was Disney was only getting 5% and Sony was getting the rest. I, I think, but I think Disney was getting all the toy profits. I believe well, yes, all the merchandising because, but because yeah, they own that license. It's a different license. Right. Um, that aside though, that aside, I don't think it's unreasonable for Disney to go, all right, you know, we've done a couple of these things now, what four or five movies with him. Yeah. Right. We've done a couple of, we, we played nice. We did 5% and that's fine. But let's be honest, the two Spider-Man movies were both record breakers. Right. And the fact that they allowed the character, if you will, to be in Avengers, which is the highest grossing film of all time. Right. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think Disney has been more than accommodating with regards to its percentage. But at this point, to say, you know what? Um, fuck you. Keep your 5% or we're not going to do anything is idiotic on Sony's part. Well, because it, let's be honest, the moment they pull that character out of the MCU, first of all, now they say they have Tom Holland in place and they have the director in place. Well, I got to be honest with you. Um, part of the reason that those films, in my opinion, have been so great is because of the integration with the rest of the Marvel Universe. 100%. So they may have Tom Holland. But, I mean, that doesn't mean Tom Holland can't break a contract. And two, that means they have no, what, no happy Hogan? No no involvement of MCU of any kind? That doesn't make any damn sense. And I, I want to say before we, because I agree with everything you just said. It's actually what I was thinking. It's right in line with my thought process. But I want to say that Disney went back to Sony. And Disney is saying, look, for the future of these handful of films that are left, we want 50%. In my opinion, Disney could have went to Sony and said, we want 60%. And Disney still probably would have been in the right. I actually think Disney's saying, look, we're willing to split it with you. Is Disney still being ridiculously generous? Because as amazing as Tom Holland is as Spider-Man, because he's the perfect Spider-Man. He's an amazing Peter Parker. But the gravity of that character is solely linked to Tony Stark. And if you remove the Tony Stark connection from it, all of the, the dynamic. All the gravity goes away. Yeah. All of, because what are we going to do? Is he, is, right. Is he suddenly going to just be upset at uh, Uncle Ben passing now after almost yeah. no mention of him in let's, five let's, films? Let's, for, let's forget that part for a moment. There'll be absolutely zero mention of him whatsoever. It, it's insanity on Disney's part. Uh, on, I mean, on Sony's part. It really, it makes absolute, and what, they're going to tie him back into this, uh, this not Spider-Man universe that they're creating with, I mean, let's, and, and if I hear one more time, what a great hit Venom was when it wasn't, and not only was it not a hit, but it was slammed by everybody that saw it and they're already working on a sequel, not to mention silver, uh, silver sable, the black cat, Morbius with Jared Leto. Uh, and Craven the Hunter? How many more villains are we going to make movies about? I, I, and what the fuck is the point? It, it, it's it's it really is a level of insanity that I just I don't I it's don't understand be, it. That's why I think it's not real. I think it's got to be a bargaining. Maneuver. Yeah. I just think it has to be a bargaining maneuver. And somebody I don't remember which one of you suggested that. Uh, that they were gonna, you know, this is when Disney buys Sony. I think Sony would rather go out of business than allow Disney to buy it. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, I don't, um, I don't think that'll ever happen, but but I think Sony is being, I think Sony is is really being big bald um, because 
a part of the reason I think Spider-Man has worked in those films and not the two other times they've tried to handle it. Um, I, I think you need the Kevin Feige, <laughs> the Feige. You yeah, need that I, I influence. Don't, I don't even think, I don't even think it's, I'm saying Kevin Feige's part of it. I'll give you that. That's not the big, the biggest part of it. The biggest part of it is this whole character's integration into the Marvel universe is what's making these films superior to, let's say, the the Andrew whatever the fuck his name was films. Yeah, Garfield. That's what's making these films better. It's the integration, and the fact of the matter is, yes, Tom Holland is an amazing Spider-Man. Yes, those films have been spectacular, but zero percent of the spectacular of those films has had anything to do with Sony. Absolutely, and zero. You know, if Sony thought that they were going to win accolades with this decision, um, social media is being very, very unkind to them right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a clip going around online right now. It says this clip was taken from an interview directly with Andrew Garfield. This is the perfect demonstration of why Sony cannot be trusted with the character of Spider-Man. And it's and it's Andrew Garfield talking about just some of the issues that he had and, and the complications of filming it and, and his take on the character and what Sony was trying to do with it. Sony has yet to prove in three films now that they know how to handle Spider-Man. Because I still like, look, I still like the first two Toby films. I do too. Uh, they still hold a very special place in my heart. I still watch them when they come up. That said, everything since the, then the has last, been a, a abysmal three, mess. So. Yeah, the last three Sony only produced films might have well might as well have been from Fox. They might you know, as well have been filmed that for day. you know mm-hmm. I don't know. For for PBS. Let me ask you guys think this. Do you think that in any way this will try to open up a negotiation to try to just buy the rights back? Let me let me tell you what happens with this. Let me, let me tell you what happens with this. The, Sony shows up to this party, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're, and they're wearing their monokini. You know, they're wearing their their Borat bathing suit with all of their balls showing. And they're like, we got this. We can handle this situation. And this is Disney. Disney's like, look, the last time someone tried to really make it difficult for us to uh, handle characters that we wanted to own, we just we just killed all their toy lines. We 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 killed 90% oh, yeah. of their appearance in comic books. They oh, canceled yeah. the Fantastic Four. They stopped producing Fantastic Four toys. They yep. killed any future movie plans, any animated plans. Disney just went, look, they stopped you, the Wolverine. You can do what you want to do in your little in your little corner of the world. We're gonna make it miserable for your character everywhere else. And rightfully so. Disney is going to just put the screws to Sony and Spider-Man everywhere else. Every they will, I guarantee they will gut Spider-Man in the comic universe. They'll come up up with some ploy. It'll be some major comic book ploy where Spider-Man just just goes away for a year, and it'll be it'll be a Marvel universe without Spider-Man. What does that mean? What are the replica? What if Spider-Man was erased from? I can see it now, and Sony is not going to know what to do with themselves because yeah. Disney's just going to put the screw to them. Yep, they'll have zero support, and plus, you know that that second Venom film is going to come out before any Spider-Man movie comes out. Absolutely. You know, and and, and listen, I, I understand the the sort of monicum of appeal and popularity that that film may have had when it came out because it was new and different. Everyone loves that character and so on and so forth. 
But guess what? That shit's all going to rub off in a sequel. <laughs> Yes. Now I'm reading Will's comment in Instagram. He says Sony shows up to the next meeting and uh, he finds plastic covering the floor and walls. Yeah. Yeah. Will for the win. Not inaccurate. Yeah. I I think it. I honestly think that this is a bargaining maneuver. I have. I agree with you. I I think. I think they're they're like, well, go fuck yourself because they have plenty of time to sort this out. Right. You know, before they're going into production and they have Spider-Man movies. Let's be honest, he's not slated. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think they're going to an Avengers fight with a Venom movie, and I don't think they're going to (laughs) win. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's yeah, but that's my point is they have nothing. This is the time to do it. You know, the time to do it now because they don't have anything slated. The Spider-Man three movie isn't even on the next slate. Right. So this is the this is the time to do it because now is when they have the most room and the most not leverage but the most time to kind of work it out with Disney. I I agree a hundred percent. So we'll and follow this. They're not going to let go of that franchise. I'm, let's be honest. They have nothing other than Spider Man. They have no. a Sony franchise. No, nothing. And th- despite the fact that they're going to throw all of this shit against the wall and see what sticks. Let's be honest with you. None of it's going to stay. What Sony should- you know, this article was great. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, OG. I didn't know this. And this was uh, uh, this was uh, kind of a light shining on this. Did you know that the Sony deal is 900 characters? I did not know that, no. In the article, yeah, I couldn't. I, I wanted to make sure that we brought that to everybody's attention. Because that actually says a lot. It says that... Um, I was reading it. I don't know if it made the version that's on the uh, the prep sheet. I hope it did. No, it didn't. Um, it says it said in the article that Nick sent me right before we went on that I was looking at while I was on my way. It said that that deal had 900 characters in it. That's insane. That's probably just everyone tied to Spider-Man comic books in some capacity. Right. And there's a ton yeah. of characters in there. Yeah. Characters yeah, you wouldn't absolutely. even think are spy- like yeah, characters like Silver it's, Sable. It's, here, here. Fahey and Sony predict uh, pictures team Tom Ruffin spoke about the possibility of wider involvement in the Sony-controlled Spider-Man universe, which contains 900 characters. Yeah, that's that's insane. 900? Yeah. Holy well, I, I think I think Sony is going to lose this. I think the better deal for Sony would have been to try to negotiate getting some of those other characters into the MCU for a cut of those profits. My personal opinion. But all right, well, let's leave this where it is for now. Let's move on because there's that, other OG, stuff. Yeah, with that. This episode. Not before Big we Kev get to this next Kev. story, Big Kev. Oh well, that's true. The all but confirmed, but not yet actually confirmed. Hey, um. Uh, hey Nick, we need a we called it <laughs> sound. Funny. I was gonna work on that before the yeah. show, before it ended up being Studio M. So next we time, this, I'm pretty sure we called this. I'm sure I called it right after celebration. I, I was gonna say I know that we talked about this because we said that this would be the perfect way to handle not making it a film. Yeah, um, because it would be a limited engagement sort of thing. Yeah, and the fact that Ewan McGregor just did a limited series. Right. He did a season of Fargo, and he won an Emmy for it. Right. And apparently had a great time doing it. 
So, so, of course, doing it as a TV series makes total fucking sense. Right. So what we're talking about, of course, if you haven't figured it out by now, is that uh, in all but confirmed news, although I suspect at D23 later this week, we'll get it confirmed. Um, Ewan McGregor is in talks to return as Obi-Wan in a uh, TV series for the Disney Plus streaming service. Um and just like Kev just said, this is something we predicted. We said that this was the perfect way to handle it. If they weren't going to give him a film, they would make it a, a one, you know, 10 episode season to cover all the bases that they need and then uh, and then move on from there. Um, and so this is really exciting. First of all, because I think it's great um, to see you McGregor step into that role. He was made for it. Um, the only other person that should play Obi-Wan outside of Sir Alec Guinness is Ewan McGregor. And then from a personal fan favorite, I think a really great way to open up the series or potentially open up the series is to start off with the battle of Darth Maul and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, so that way we get a feel, we get a little bit more of that Rebels tie-in. Maul is back in our world because of Solo. So we know even from a film and live action standpoint that he exists. And yeah, but um, not, I, I don't think he shows up in this series because the implications from his appearance in Rebels, you know, spoiler alert, he gets killed in Rebels. The implication from that is that they have not seen each other since he cut his legs off. No, I know, but that's why I'm saying if the movie opened up with that with that final showdown that we actually saw play out in Rebels. Right. So you get a live action version of Maul back on the screen, which people are clamoring for. And if we're not going to get a continuation of the solo verse, um, this would be a good way to just introduce him, even if it's only for 10 minutes again, just to give us that climactic battle. Did we talk about the fact that the solution to the solo problem is also TV? Uh, we didn't, but I I agree. I would watch an Emphis Nest show <laughs> there, <laughs> at minimum. Forget, forget an Emphis Nest show, which would be cool. But, I mean, let's be honest here. Amelia Clark, TV actress. Uh, Donald Glover, TV actor. Uh, what's his name? Arden Eidenreich, whatever the hell his name is, the guy playing Solo. Uh, not doing anything currently. Uh, you, you know, like how... Um, Paul Bettany is dead, so that's irrelevant. Right. He's gonna be doing he's gonna be doing Disney Plus anyway, one presumes, in the WandaVision show somehow. So, um, why on earth would we not make this a TV series? Yeah, I I agree with you hundred percent. I mean I, I don't I, you know, even if you did just one season. Reason not to. Yeah, again, even if it was just one you know, just something that even if it was the, the story of him and being a smuggler or whatever the situation was, just, you know, some continuation, you know, it would be better than just sticking him on the shelf and doing nothing with him. I agree with you 100%. You're not going to hear me because I really liked Solo and I liked where it was going and I liked what it yeah. set up and I don't want to see it great. end. I, so, I, I tell, I'm telling you, I tell people and they think I'm nuts, but then they have to critically go back and watch it themselves. Solo is one of the best Star Wars movies, pure and simple. Pure and simple. I agree with you. You're not going to hear me disagree with you. Speaking of Disney Plus, yes. 
This is not really a big shock to me either. But Disney Plus will stream on uh, a variety of devices at launch. Um, 102 specifically. But Amazon is absent from that list. Which I'm um, not surprised. Honestly. I'm not surprised about it at all. But so at, at launch, Apple TV, Android mobile devices, Android TV, Chromecast, desktop web browsers, iPad, iPhone, PlayStation 4, Roku, Roku TV, Xbox One are all the major platforms that it's going to, but Amazon is not on there. That's not surprising to me because Amazon is another one who doesn't play well with others. Not at all. Um, they feuded with Apple for so long on on Prime exactly. Video and everything. So, so I mean, this is this is no shock to me. I think, and 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 the truth of the the truth of the situation is. Disney Plus not launching on Amazon is not going to have a negative impact on Amazon. Disney Plus not launching uh, or not launching on Amazon is not going to have a negative impact on Disney Plus because I think most people that have Amazon Prime don't have have Amazon Prime for the video service. I think they have Amazon Prime to have Amazon Prime and the video service and the content that they create, which is good. Don't get me wrong, but the content they create is a great bonus and a great boon. But I think that is a much big bigger packer deal package deal, and it doesn't need Disney Plus. And vice versa. So I, this is, I think, a story because someone wanted to make it a story. But I, I mean, it's worth pointing I out, think, though. Yeah, sure. I think you're missing the real story here. Which is why. And the real story here is that Disney Plus will not launch in the UK at any time soon. Yeah, I, I, mean, I wonder why that, that is, list. though. There's no Europe on the whole list. I mean, the bloody Netherlands are going to get it, but not the UK. Yeah. So attention to all of our UK fans. Oh, poor you. Not going to get Disney Plus at the launch. Oh. Do we know why, though? Is there a re- is maybe it, is it, it a rights a issue? Fo- maybe it'll be a fortnight <laughs> until they do, or several fortnights until they actually get the Disney Plus service. I, I'm I'm wondering if it's some sort of weird rights issue. I hope they launch with it's a Brexit issue. Yeah, it's a Brexit issue. I hope they launch with Mandalorian so Fanta Tracks explodes. Yeah, there you go. Because I can't, I can't, I know those guys. They're all very dear friends of mine. I just suspect that if that service launches with Mandalorian. Right. And and they don't have it in the UK. Yeah. Some heads are going to explode. I mean, I, I suspect that by not launching in the UK right away, people in the UK are going to feel compelled <laughs> <laughs> you think they might build a barricade? Yeah, that's it. That's a flag, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there are ways around these things. Just get a good VPN. Oh, I know. I, I know there are ways around it. That's not the point. The no, point I get is, it. Why on earth, with all due respect, why would the Netherlands get everything, anything over the UK? It's I got. Mean, it's got to be a rights issue. But does it? Is this a Euro... You know, a, a, a Brexit thing? Is this a Brexit problem? Like, I don't I'm actually, get it. I'm actually Googling it. To, let's see. Why didn't Disney build a European? No. Um, Australian New Zealand. Canada. Isn't Canada like like UK light? They're getting it. No, Canada is our top hat. You're confusing them. Yeah, it's a hat, all right. Uh, here you go. Wait, here's an updated story. Uh, it says... Um. Uh, I switch to launch in other countries, but the instance of the times of 
Uh, so the chance of fans in the UK or elsewhere might have to wait. Um... Pricing for other markets, including the UK, has not yet been confirmed by Disney. Disney Plus is eventually coming to the UK, almost certainly this year. We're just not sure when. Um, the company uh. has specific, hasn't specifically said anything about its UK plan, um, but they did say that they intend to launch uh, in all major regions within the next two years. So the only thing that I can think... Um, the only thing that I can think is that maybe it's a pricing issue. Maybe, the, maybe it's maybe it's a combination of rights and pricing. Could be a regulations thing, maybe that, too. Yeah, that that's that's keeping they're pretty, them. They're pretty key on that as well. Sort I of out of there. It's the only thing I can think of. It's the only logical thing I can think of. So if somebody has Could more be. information on that um, and wants to fill hey, us you, in, hey, are you in Europe and you have more information? Give us a call at the GVM line two zero one plus no it's plus one <laughs> two zero one. Seven three zero two five four seven. There you go. All right. Kevin Smith will produce a Masters of the Universe sequel series. So this is going to be a direct. Oh, I'm sorry. I you're right. I I I missed. Uh... Well, I, I missed the Disney Parks thing because I, I kind of figured that wasn't huge and that can might that might be a bonus show thing. I'm trying to keep us moving along. We spent a lot of time talking about hey, Spidey. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Matrix 4, officially a go with Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, and uh, Lana Wachowski. Uh, get ready to re-enter the Matrix. Listen. No. Uh, I don't I don't know how any of you feel about the Matrix. I liked the first movie. I tolerated the second movie. I did not like the third movie. And I liked I would say about half of the Animatrix uh, animated specials that they put out in that one collection. I don't know. Does anybody do we need a Matrix four? No, because the story is complete. Yeah, I don't. I don't. We need a two or three. I don't want to re-enter the Matrix. I, I don't want to re-enter the Matrix. I mean, plot look, details are currently unknown. Because there is no plot how yet. How the role of Morpheus will be handled, originally played by Lawrence Fishburne. Some sources say the role may be recast for a younger take. I mean, what is, is screw. it? Is, are they going to start playing with time travel? No, come on. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous now. I, I mean, gotta stop. I might almost be interested in I might almost be interested in the prequel that was centered around a young Morpheus. That I if might they, I mean maybe, but if you know, if they really want to re enter the Matrix, how about they do a live action version of the only good animated story that was in the Animatrix? Which was the history before the Matrix took over? Yeah, well, that that was one of the ones that I actually enjoyed from that series. That was so, the only yeah. one of those that I enjoyed. It was perfect. Yeah. And I mean, why on earth don't they do something like that? I mean, why on earth would they go back with with 
all of these characters. I, I, God, it just doesn't make any sense. The, the story is finished. And I also, I, I mean, I also feel like The Matrix was very revolutionary and groundbreaking when it came out. But I don't know that we're at that same level now. Like, I don't know that it has the same gravity in 2020, 2021, whenever the hell it would come out, 2022, um, that it had, how many years ago did The Matrix come out? Is it 15 years at this point? Um, a hundred years ago. You know, when the Matrix first came out, it rewrote, you know, special effects and camera effects in general and camera positioning. It was very groundbreaking and it deserves all the accolades that it that it gets for that first film. For sure. Everybody impersonated it, which everybody, is the highest compliment. Everybody. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do to re-engage me in that universe, especially after the clunker that was the third one. More, uh, more gun food, just like uh, John Wick. You what the fuck is wrong with Warner Brothers? Didn't Warner Brothers used to be like the movie studio in yeah, the world? Yeah, but I think Warner what the fuck has happened to Warner Brothers? They have. They, Warner Brothers is floundering. They, Since they, Harry Potter, what else? They're fucking. They're they, desperate. They don't have Harry Potter anymore. Well, I mean, they have it, but they don't have anything on the slate, right? Uh, I mean, because even Fantastic they got a, Beasts... They got, a, they got a third one of those coming. I they think, do, right? but it's it's not... They don't have the same impact that that the eight original films had. Right. Um, their their DC universe is is a DC universe is is a is a nightmare, um, and it's and it's fragmented and it's all over the place. It is not consistent in any way, shape, or form. So I think they are just looking for tent poles, and I think the Matrix. Um, I think the Matrix is maybe a property that they have, and they think that it's an evergreen property that they can revisit. And uh, I, I just, I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. I agree. All right, moving forward. I don't know where we are time-wise, but moving Kevin forward. Smith. Kevin Smith is going to produce a Masters of the Universe sequel series. This is going to be... I don't get this either. Well... All right, so this is going to be a direct sequel to the 1982 original series, not the 1990 reboot. So I like I like that it's going back to the roots. However, here's my concern. I, I think Kevin Smith is... I think Kevin Smith will probably handle the property pretty well. I love Kevin Smith, but I think Kevin Smith chokes on pop culture sometimes, and I don't want the series to become too self-referential. That's a major concern I have. The second concern I have is who the hell remembers where the 1982 series led off enough to do a sequel series? Like, are they going to re-release the entire series or something? Yeah, like, yeah, my, my issue there is, like, first of all, there was a story... Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was, I remember that there was like a very sort of basic story, but I thought most of it was sort of monster of the week. Yeah, it was. So, I don't even remember there being a base. I feel like there was more of a basic story in Cats than there was <laughs> in the Universe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand. It's like, it's like it's the sequel. What's the, it's the. Here, it, this is the epic He-Man and the Masters of the Universe saga fans have waited 35 years to see. Uh, a saga implies that there was a story throughout. What was that story that they were trying to get into Castle Grayskull? Or what? What is the story? I, I honestly, I don't remember. I not only do I not remember, I could care less. And I think anybody who who wasn't apparently rapidly addicted 
to the show, the original show, to the point where they knew, you know, there was a story happening throughout all the episodes. I don't think they're going to give a shit either. And again, I I liked the cartoon growing up. I liked the toy franchise. I liked everything that it represented. But I just, I don't know. It seems really bizarro world to me. So... I, 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 I'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't understand this at all. It, it, here, here, look, it, uh, where does it say her, um, here, but after a ferocious final battle, uh, forever fractures Eternia, it's up to Tila to solve the mystery of the missing sword of power in a race against time to prevent the end of the universe. Her journey will uncover the secrets of Grayskull at last. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. A radical return to Eternia. Revelation is a direct sequel series to the classic era of Masters of the Universe. Fan favorites, He-Man, Orko, blah, blah, blah. And the vile legions of Snake Mountain. Yeah. That's, there was a there was a ferocious final batter, battle that fractured Eternia. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I I don't remember that. I'm trying to and find like power is missing. That means there's no He-Man. Yeah, I don't. So I'm, what the frack? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't that know. That means it means Prince Adam's wearing pink. <laughs> That's right. Um, oh, I'm not surprised. Uh, where are right. we on time, Mr. Monty, sir? Uh, 37 minutes. All right. Why don't we hit? Um, why don't we hit one more story and then we'll take a break? Sure. Here, here's one. Krypton canceled at Sci-Fi Lobo spinoff no longer in development. Well, look, everybody's hopping on that. You know what? This DC thing just ain't working live action. Right. And they're bailing. And good, because, I mean, from what, again, what I heard about Krypton, because I obviously haven't sat down and watched a single episode, but from what I hear, I mean, it was terrible. I, you know, and I'm just surprised, you know, that it lasted that long. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I I, I agree. I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I had some interest in seeing what they were going to do with Lobo because that's one of those properties that has been in some sort of developmental limbo for years and years and years. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't have a ton of faith in it. If I'm if I'm being if I'm being honest, so you know, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we take our first break, Big Kev? All right. And Mr. Monty, sir. Um, oh wait, that's that's your cue, Big Kev. Oh right. And with that, we will take our first and only break of this episode of Big Kev's Deep Stuff, episode number five hundred fifty-four. The one we have three names for, but we haven't picked one. <laughs> Ahoy hoy, welcome to Game Stuff. I'm your host, Coke Logic. Can you feel it? It's almost over. As we approach the end of August, video games are starting to come out once again. A new release last week was the remaster of Grandia 1 and 2 in an HD collection, which is the first time those RPGs have been remastered since being trapped on the original PlayStation 1. I've actually never played either of them, but I've heard both titles for so many years, I bet they're worth checking out. 
The Grandia HD Collection is available now for $40 on Nintendo Switch and coming to PC in September. <laughs> a new release this week, and a game I'll be picking up as soon as I finish recording this, is a game from Microsoft's newly acquired studio Double Fine titled Rad. Short for Radiation, long for The 80s Are In Vogue, I don't even know much about this title. I just saw it and I was like, I'm gonna play that game. It's a third-person action game that reminds me of Maximo for PlayStation 2, but I believe the game is run-based, like Dead Cells, a rogue legacy. The combat looks pretty cool, and the art style seems cool, and overall, it seems pretty rad. Rad is now available on all platforms for $20. <laughs> a new release this Friday is the latest game from the developers of Max Payne, Alan Wake, and Quantum Break, titled Control. Control is a third-person story-based game that looks like they're doing an X-Men type thing, as you control a character discovering her superpowers. I hope this game's good. I've really enjoyed Remedy's games in the past, especially Alan Wake, which I wish they would just make a sequel to that game. Although I did check out a video on YouTube titled something like 20 minutes of control gameplay, and it didn't look very good. The gun violence and psychic powers looks nice, but the story stuff looked kind of stiff and generic. And Remedy's whole deal is creating these cool stories, thus my concern. I'll check it out eventually, but probably not this Friday, August 27th, when Control is released on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC for $60. <laughs> this week, the Nintendo Indie World stream was strum, and the thing not only had a lot of games, but looked like an animation festival. So many unique and cool art styles with fun-looking games, although the vast majority of stuff was slated for winter of 2020. Check it out on YouTube if you have a chance, but a small sampling of the highlights include the immediate release of Hotline Miami Collection, the immediate release of Super Hot, finally a release date for The Witcher 3, which is October 15th, and the announcement of the Microsoft exclusive Ori and the Blind Forest. <laughs> While I had heard about an impending Yakuza announcement, I wasn't prepared for the shadow drop of Yakuza 3 Remastered. Available now. On top of that, Yakuza 4 is slated for October 29th, and Yakuza 5, February 11th, 2020. And with that, all Yakuza titles in the series will be in one place on PlayStation 4. In addition, Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 will be packaged into a physical release titled Yakuza Collection, due out February 11th, 2020. But for now, everything's digital. In addition to that edition, Yakuza 0, 1, and 2 will also be sold together as Yakuza Origins for $60, which is significantly cheaper from previously when all three games were sold separately. Available now because all those games are already out. And finally, if you were hoping for a sequel to Spider-Man for PlayStation 4, developer Insomniac Games has been purchased by Sony. Not only ensuring another Spider-Man, but probably a bunch. Like some sort of ironic monkey paw wish. This is Coke Logic signing off for GameStop. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space.
Hey, this is Peter Fonda from 310 Yuma, and you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Get cool. And we are back. We, um, to start things off in segment two, we want to say that we had an amazing and lovely uh, game stuff there by Coke Logic. I think the highlight of that was the insomniac story. Um, but yeah, that's cool. So Coke always does a good job for that. And I'm, I'm excited because that game is still one of my favorite games ever, 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 ever. Um, we also had a word from our wonderful sponsors over at Build X-Wing, buildxwing.com. To get in on that subscription service, you can go over to their website, buildxwing.com. You can go to our website. There is a link there. Or you can give them a call. 877-544-6779. And uh, I would say you would be remiss if you did not get in on uh, that service because all of these products that they put out are fantastic. And I got to say, just in general, the D'Agostini people, they put out the good stuff. You, you I like that, a lot of their stuff. You said that very nicely in terms of don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh. Make it happen. Wow. I'm just saying you don't want to call people stupid. Oh, yeah. No. All right. But you we are going to Skype uh, still, uh, you know, just saying. We are what? Oh, no video. Oh, hit hit, yeah. hit my initials. Just saying, you know the whole point of having the thing. You know. Listen, Sorry about considering that. all the technical issues we had, which, by the way, you yes. Know, OG, you know how we were having some issues with Kev's line at the yes. beginning of the show. Guess what? Fun fact. I screwed up something. I don't think you screwed up something so much as I think that there was a line interference from multiple courts. I'm taking the blame away from you, Monty. Hey, hey, tell that kid to cut out that coffin. Ruining the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I am doing a good enough job of that. Don't worry about pointing the blame at 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 Frodo. But you know what? We have we have something very exciting to talk about to wrap up tonight's what? show. One last news topic to talk about. Um, and that is something from the world of the um, something from the world of the dungeons um, and it's and the cutoffs. Of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D and D. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's D and D. I wasn't sure since we're using uh, my computer for the mixer, the record, I wasn't sure if that was going to even play out. So, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm happy, happy that it did. Yeah, I'm happy too. that it did. And when I said uh, the cutoffs, I did not mean... Uh, I did not mean Daisy Dukes. I meant um, I meant just cutting me off, as in the tradition when we talk about anything related to the dungeons and or the dragons. The dragons. Wow. Um, very exciting news. Bit, <laughs> very exciting we're news. the show, so what's the difference? Big Kev, I'm surprised that you were not hooting and hollering, shooting off flare guns, running around. You know, like Yosemite Sam firing off your six shooters into the sky. I mean, 
this is this is i mean i didn't hear i'm I'm a bit removed from this now at this point i uh i tagged you in the instagram post the moment i saw it both of you as a matter of fact i don't know that i got it i have to look um but the the point is is it's eberron rising from the last war yes uh, take place players to corvair a war-torn continent filled with technological advancements like airships trains and manufactured humanoid creatures uh the book uh which is finally a fifth edition um uh for the what artificer? oh the book will also introduce the artificer class correct uh which is cool which is the fusion of technology and magic which is great right um and yeah right they're saying fans have been waiting for this book well i mean i can name two fans been waiting for this book forever so many moons ago when 5e launched they gave us the way for the wayfinder's guide to eberron which originally was only um a digital book and then i i don't did they ever print that or no no so it's only been available digital so this is going to be the first time that we're getting um an actual hardcover book in the series um there are two covers one is a very traditional sort of art cover yeah they've been doing this shit too lately with the special covers but i gotta did you see what the special cover is though the retailer exclusive cover the retailer exclusive cover is really nice so the regular cover is cool it's got um it's got what's it called on it it's got a war forged on the front the Warforged, of course, is that uh, is that character class that's sort of like a golem, but not really. Um, it's got it's got what I'm assuming is an artificer on the front and some sort of new monster or beastie. But the special cover, um, if I can find it here, it's it's like black, gold, and red. Okay. Um, and it's okay. got a great looking city and like a cool looking airship on it. It's very steampunk. So Eberron yeah, is yeah. essentially the steampunk uh, extension of the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Yeah, that that it's kind of matching. I think in a way it's matching the way that the other. Um, it's kind of matching the way that the other, oh, wow. You know what? I don't like the regular cover. A lot of people are saying that they don't like the regular cover. Oh, a lot yeah, of people are saying that it's very plain it's or that it's crap. Well, it's, it, it looks very, you know, my problem is that the D and D covers and the D and D artwork tend to be very dynamic. And this looks like they took two or three images from the center of the book and photoshopped them, laid them over each other as opposed to creating one sort of dynamic piece. And I, I don't know why they chose to do that. Um, that said, I don't hate Jesus. I mean, I like the war forged. I like what I'm assuming is the artificer on the cover. So I'm not upset by the images, but just the layout of it is very haphazard and slapdash. But, but the special edition cover is banging. The special edition cover is absolutely outstanding and beautiful. And uh, it's almost like they're able to charge more for the nicer looking book. This uh, yeah, I'd pay a buck more for it. Uh, this might be this might be the first time that I buy a hardcover five e book because I own a bunch of five e books, mm-hmm. but I've purchased them all digitally. Um, 
Isn't it a pain in the ass, though, while you're playing the game to have the digital? No. Uh, yes and no. No, because I've uh, I've purchased them through D&D Beyond. So D&D Beyond um, is sort of this... Uh, it, it is a resource that has partnered with Wizards of the Coast to create um, a mechanism for you to pretty much run the game. So... It gives you a dynamic character sheet. It gives you access to all the books that you've purchased, a bunch of books that you haven't purchased. But the everything is sort character of character sheet is like an automatic character sheet, right? Everything is fully automatic, and it also yeah. is fully so anything you roll. So, for example, you're looking at a character sheet. If you roll over a particular spell, for example, it brings up not a pop-up window, but as in a rollover, it brings up all the specifics on that oh, spell. So you're not searching for. So anything. you're not searching for anything. Oh. So as long as yeah. you have have the content unlocked so then what's the downside of it um the, the downside it's digital is the only downside. It's you, you lose the benefit of having the hardcover books, but in, in an age where I don't have enough storage space as it is, um, having the hardcover books. Oh, the other thing I really like about D and D beyond as well is if you have a campaign. So let's say a couple of people are playing and they're all part of a campaign. As long as yeah, all the people in the campaign have that, it turned on, know, let's say that there are friends yeah. talking about playing for years and you know, then they're they're playing with other people and not the people that they talked about playing with. Go on, sorry. I'm, I'm maybe I'm so it. if you have a campaign and everybody is part of that campaign and has their sharing turned on, the people anybody who are actually part of that campaign. Anybody that is part of that campaign that has a book digitally, um, it's shared throughout everybody else in the party. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, so it's uh, it's it's so a pretty cool like it's resource. The way to go then, if that's but, the case. but we're not talking about D and D now. We're talking okay. about Eberron, sorry, which sorry, is sorry, an sorry. amazing extension. <laughs> Hey, you know, if the if the conversation expands into, you know, who you do and don't play D&D with, you know, I'm okay with that. Okay I, with that I've said as soon as I find a little bit of extra time, I will try to put together something for us to play. Um, um, hey, look, anybody else wants to pick up pick up the dice, so to speak, and be a DM? They're willing to do it. But if you want me to I'm do it, saying, you're on my schedule. Well, now you got a book that you can make something from that's it i'm all in there so so this looks this is a this is a pretty exciting book um this sounds like it is uh so it's the artificial class four new races which i'm not sure what those races are outside of the Warforged. um 12 new dragon mark tattoos i don't even know what that is patrons um which is a new game element for groups so i don't know if that folds into are, your deity um are gnomes currently in 5e they are they're okay, they're so a base class in 5e so halflings. halflings are there okay i'm just trying i'm going through the races to see what we're unless they're gonna boil down into specific you know like sub races like wild elves yeah maybe because they they have done that in some like in volo's book i think they broke out a couple of other elf subsections and stuff like that um i, I don't think that i've seen what those races are going to be we have to assume that it's we have to assume that it's warforged because that is the biggest that race is, that i think is a fair assumption because that's the biggest one to come out of it let's see i'm yeah. looking up i'm i'm quickly looking up what were some of the other races that were released in the previous iterations of eberron well, i'm looking to see what races have haven't made it back yet oh changelings oh that could be it changelings the kalistar 
the compound race created from the union of humanity with renegade spirits for the plane of dreams. So that's that's interesting. Um, the I don't. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, Warforged, which we mentioned, and then the beast within. So those were the those were their races. Uh, Early interest shifter forms a bond with a beast within, a totemic force that shapes their body and mind. Some shifters believe that these spirits are independent entities, and they might speak uh, of bear wolf or ancestor guides. Yeah, they're lycanthropes. It sounds like it. So, but so the list that I just read off to you, this is not the five E list, but these are the races that were introduced in the previous iterations of Eberron. So it would seem to be that though, and those races don't currently exist in 5e so i would think that that's probably a pretty good starting point for it um but yeah i'm looking for a race i'm looking for a list of races changing warforged calistar shifter elf and drow drow but drow and elf already exist centaurs johnny gith yankee and kirazi oh what about three crin uh, Gith, Gith, yeah, Gith have been reintroduced, reintroduced already, I believe. Oh, have, oh, this is an old fucking. Um, no, they haven't actually officially announced what they are, so we're kind of speculating right now. But Gith have been reintroduced in either Volos or Mordenkinds, um, to Mafos, so those are in there. Right. Um, I, I, I think Sater, oh, Satyrs might not be in there either. But anyway. Eberron is finally coming this November. It's really exciting. If you are a fan, if you're not a fan of D&D, but you are a fan of steampunk, the nice thing about Eberron is that you could run it as its own sort of independent campaign. Um, of course, with uh, with them giving us an Eberron core book, which essentially this is going to be, this is going to be a core book for Eberron, uh, for D&D, um, that stands to reason that we'll probably get some sort of campaign books at some point going forward. So if you are fans of this uh, sub section of D&D. I think the future is looking pretty exciting for you. So yeah, and, I'm super stoked about that. And if you were a DM who was like, I had time to put things together in order to play with people and they put out a campaign book, your excuses would be cut in half. Uh, they would probably be sort of cut in half because I'm just, I'm not, I don't know. I don't like reading just out of campaign books, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so this is pretty exciting. I'm, I, I look forward to it, uh, to it happening, but I think that's, 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 that's about it for this week. Yeah. It's the end. No. Oh. Warriors that terrify. It's the end. Fair enough, Monty. Fair enough. Well played. Well played. But now we hear the rap up music. Now I do hear the wrap up music. We are we are at that point of the show. So uh, don't forget that you can find us online each and every week over at bkgeekstuff.com. If you'd like to get the show early, if you'd like access to the live streams, you can go over to patreon.com, patreon.com backslash bkgeekstuff and get in on the plethora of tiers, the plentitude of tiers, which include things like early release, bonus content, um, historic content, meaning, you know, vintage archive type stuff, um, live streams of the show, the Discord uh, community, and and other things. Um, so yeah, lots lots going on over there. Of course, you can find us at Facebook, facebook.com backslash BK Geek Stuff. Um, Big Kev, we still have a contest going on, do we not? I think this is the final week, Mr. Monty. What is that contest? 
the contest is if you look at the or rather watch the uh, YouTube video from Sideshow on the uh, the hot toys that were unveiled at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, tell us what the must-haves are for Mr. Big Kev. Uh, there's, a, there's a good chunk of them. You can uh, hit us up on the hotline at 201-730-2547. Hit, up us, hit us up on the uh, email account at bigkevsgeekstuff at gmail.com. And for our Discord folks, they can just uh, hit me up and they can message me on the Discord or just tag me in a post and let me know what they want to do there. So, Lovely. That works for them. Um, of course, across the social medias, we're also available there in some way, shape, or form. If you know, if you follow us on the social medias, maybe we'll tag you in exciting news, like finding out that the new Eberron book is coming out. You can follow me. I am Geek Stuff OG on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And I see the, no tag for that, and, by the and, way. And and the Twitches. I I tagged. I'm fairly certain I tagged both Big of you. Big what's your uh, social media? <laughs> I don't think you tag. Maybe I tagged the wrong you. You tagged the wrong one. I am Monty's Mayhem at uh, Twitter, on uh, Instagram, the Snapchat, and uh, also Tumblr. Ooh, look at you on the Tumblr. You on, still, you're still over there ever since the, I got rid of all of the, you know, the saucy well, content? Well, I haven't used it since. So. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, let's... Rocky is also Rocky at in the S at gmail.com. There you go. Um, are you BK Geek Stuff on Instagram? Kev? I am uh, yeah I think so I tagged you in it yesterday okay I'm looking <laughs> I tagged both you and Nick in it one day ago today when this news dropped but anyway that's neither here nor there thank you so much for everybody for checking out the show and with that big Kevin uh, with that Mr. OG we will bring this episode of Big Kev's Geeks Up to a Close, episode 554, the one we really never settled on a name for, uh, the way we end some shows uh, by saying, Good night, Peter Fonda, wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music.